the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. And now it's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Be She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Mecca, Shane Madison. Madison. Jealousy is something that the Mecca Shane Madison has had to deal with my entire life. It doesn't matter! Because I guarantee that the Mecca will win. And producer Chris. He's just a money-making machine, that guy. As somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other adventures. The guy is a mogul. And now, he, she's wrestling. He, she's wrestling. It's another week on B. She's Wrestling episode 83. And last week I was in a bad mood and I'm in, I'm not any better. I, I'm in a terrible mood. You look like you haven't slept in a week. Your two, glasses are crooked. Two weeks. The gra- glasses are going to break. They're reading glasses that oh, I get man. from Dollarama for Jeez. a buck and a quarter. It's been a rough week for you? It's been one of the toughest weeks I've ever been through. You have the guts to wear that bomber hoodie around town hey, after that performance. Let's not go there. That was eight days ago. We don't need. Oh a, my gosh! It, you know what I can it's say? No, it's not embarrassing. Uh, my friends came from the United States to watch their first CFL game. I thought they were watching you in the Rumble to remember. They were there on the Friday night, but they stayed. They watched the. We went to the, the Jets. Grease Keys. Went to the Jets game on Saturday. Jets won. Went to the Palomino Club to see Scotty Townsend. More fun than watching everybody the, won there. Oh, it was a fun More night. More fun at the Pal than it watching was, Grey Cup or you in the Rumble. Eight. 18-year-olds to 85-year-olds. It has the whole run of the gamut. It was tremendous. And then Sunday, we thought we'd cap it off with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning the Grey Cup. And for the second year in a row, she's the bed. No. Yes. No. Oh, come on. Okay. This is all I'm going to say about it. They played an outstanding game. Not the defense. It came down to the last play of the game, and it went, well, last minute Just like last year. Yeah. Well, it's not like they're getting blown out. This is a 14-4 and season. They were dominant. They were the best team in the league. How do you lose in the one that A counts? dark horse? Because well, it's a one game. Anything is, can happen. Is Fajardo for real? Yeah. He, well, he always has. I said two things going into the game. I was extremely nervous. You heard it last week. I, I, was, I was extremely nervous going into the big game. Mm-hmm. And here's what I thought. In 2001, they were 14-4. and four. They played the Calgary Stampeders, oh, and they lost. I was so mad. I, smapped, I snapped a pool cue at John Newen's house. Do you remember that? I knew when we were. Yeah, okay. I didn't remember you were there, oh, but okay. Oh, my gosh. So they were 14-4 and four this year, and I knew oh, lightning could strike twice. And the Fajardo effect was that he had lost Western Finals as Saskatchewan's quarterback to Winnipeg. And I, I to quote the movie Major League, when, when Lou Brown says, I want, get me Ricky Vaughn from the bullpen, and Tom Berenger looks at him and says, you want Vaughn? He hasn't done well against these guys, but I have a hunch he's due. And I thought that was exactly what Fajardo was going to do. He looked and good. he played the best game of his yep. career. Happy for him. It's good for the league that Montreal won, but it I is. can tell you everyone in my building where I work is, you know. Who like, was the most upset? Shell-shocked, maybe. Wait. Like, uh, did, wait. You, did you use the gong this week? I didn't see the gong, no. Uh, not <laughs> when I was there. I would say the most upset was probably Adam Big Hill because oh, yeah. he had to answer questions on if he was healthy. And I didn't want to talk about this this long. Adam Big Hill was most was pretty upset because he had, had to answer questions if he was in a good enough health to play. Mm-hmm. But he's a fierce competitor, and that makes up a lot. Yep. I, I would have let him play. Sure. And 
you know, I think Zach Claros was pretty was pretty disappointed. And a lot of people think with so many free agents, it will never be like this again. I'm here to tell you, this team, even if they don't go to the Great Cup in 24, they are setting themselves up for 25. So they may go the next two years. But it's still a dynasty to go four times in a row oh, yeah. and win two. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that you've lost the last two, which is why everyone is so dejected. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world. This is a great organization. The fan base is strong. The best organization in the CFL. Yeah. And still the players want to play here. There's not a player here who does not want to be here, and it will be fine. What a change from 10 years ago. Remember, it was a dumpster fire. Couldn't get anybody. Now, speaking speaking of dumpster fires. Oh, yes. What a segue. (laughs) Episode 83. You and Adam Knight get into a ring. Here's what I've been told. I was not in the building. Okay. I'm disappointed you guys didn't come. People were asking for you, Producer Chris. Really? They were asking, where's Producer Chris? And I said, try to get him to come. Yeah, you did. Tried to get him. It was, for me... Needed bodies. For me, I couldn't make it happen. But I'll tell you this. So many people messaged me and said... It w- and sent me videos of mm-hmm. you and Adam Knight coming mm-hmm. together and you and Player One. Yes. It's something to be said of how over B she is wrestling has become. It's a phenomenon. Yes. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of our listeners. You know what Graham Keem said to me? What? He said, there's a lot of B-sheezers in the crowd, is what he said to me. Yeah. Well, at least he knows. He yeah. should be a B-sheezer. He was terrified to even be in the locker room with me. He's insane. So funny. Nobody's going to take Why liberties. do people think that about me? Why do people think that about us? I've know. said many a times I like player one. I, li- I like the person. I don't like the wrestler. I told him, I said, I have no problem with you as a, as a person. I don't even know you, but I, I question some of your business decisions, but <laughs> yeah. I'm a professional. How was Adam Knight? The best. Tell me. <laughs> the best. The now best. that you're not stinging about losing like last Well, week. I'm still pissy about that. Yeah. But let's, how was Adam Knight? Well, it was pretty funny because he walked in around a quarter after eight, you know, when call time was like two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah. I got there around five o'clock. No I, urgency. Yeah. He, he walked in, you know, walked in chest puffed out. And then I just, everything to, you would expect from Adam Knight. I was uh, stretching out on my yoga mat. Cause uh, that's what I do now. <laughs> stretching out in the locker room. That's and then, just what you do for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And then he, he came up and he kind of made this weird comment about like, like I don't even know. It's like, kind of like a veiled like inside like, like comment a, a about dig. The, yeah, and I was just like, so I looked at him. I go like, what the hell are you talking about? I have, like I have no idea what you're talking about. And then um, he says to me, "Do you know?" In that in that quiet whisper that he does his <laughs> promos. Yes, yeah, yeah. he says, "Do you know how many times a week people come up to me and tell me?" What you guys are saying about me on the B She's wrestling show? It's because they're listening. This is great. Yeah. Giant put over. And I, over. and I said to him, I go, uh, I don't know. Uh, who? Like, whatever, right? Yeah. He's like, uh, and I don't listen to the podcast because I just don't listen to it. I'm like, okay. And I said to him, I go, listen, uh, I stand behind everything I say on that podcast. I'll say it to your face. I'll tell you right now. Um, whatever. But then... He did make a comment about you, Mike, and he he said, "Let's hear it." I can't remember what it was, but something like I don't know. Like he was gonna, he was like he would like slap you around if he saw you or something. I'm I, gonna say this straight out. I can't remember what it was. We I just, are two men in our forties. Yeah. If he initiated like that, I would have him charged. I mean, I'm yeah. telling you right out. That's yeah. Nothing well, I have said is a personal attack beyond that. I think his professional actions. Should have left him black, and that's fair. And listen, yes. if he got mad, if he walked into, if he walked up to me 
and got in my face, I'd be like, you slapped a fan. Yep. How are you mad at me for that? Yep. And don't you, slap a fan. We don't have to talk about it. And you cut promos where you clearly do not try to put the product over mm. and you fail to put yourself over. And I'm not going to get fired up about it. No. The fact that he's still at this, it, let's be honest. This is the problem with this person. There's not an ounce of professionalism. It's not like he said, he would say, I'm going to have a constructive, con- a constructive conversation with Mike about some of the things he says. He has slapped fans. He has tried to be a bully and he says he would slap me. Well, guess what, big man, go fuck yourself because that's, <laughs> Leave that your, in. I'm not going to get fired. That up. is your problem. <laughs> yeah. That is the problem. His first mindset is he want, He didn't learn when he slapped Sheldon. He didn't learn when he took a swing at me because he thought I pulled the Rokeby rib on him. And it was Danny who pulled the Rokeby rib I on him. I was there when that he happened. He didn't learn when he was a baby face and he slapped Blue Jay in 2003. He, in this day and age, at the end of 2023, he still wants to throw a slap first. It is him. <laughs> it is not anybody else. And if you want to slap me for that, I will be the guy that gets you charged. I did. T- I will be the guy that makes sure you have a protection Protective order, so you can't go to Cannon Life Center. You can't go to to IG Field, and you, guess what? You not, will be banned from places. I am so because glad of your. You, you fired up. He, I was just gonna say, I'm not getting fired. I'm not up today. fired up. No, no. You're, this you're is good. how I talk. You're good. Just cursing and renting of garments. Now I I am paraphrasing, so I can't remember what he said, but he did make a comment about. Is, he uttered a threat, is what he did. I that might be extreme. I I, I don't recall what it was how because about, it was him, and I just kind of laughed this? it off. Here's what he could have said. I would ask Mike if he wanted to have a constructive conversation or if he wanted if he wanted to be a man and go outside and, and, and talk to me. Like adults. Like adults. Yeah. And maybe we would throw. At least then he's saying, yeah. I'm not going to throw first. I'm going to have a conversation I, first. I did tell him he needs to sell foam slapping hands, though. I did tell him that. <laughs> yeah. I said, you were missing That's a big say, opportunity. I slapped Sheldon and <laughs> outlaw Adam Knight. Why not? Just Adam Knight with a big hand for slapping. Well, it's got to say, I slapped Sheldon. Lean into Sheldon it. is the guy going, I got slapped by Adam Knight. <laughs> That's true. We And we we have given him the opportunity before in the past, Mike, you and I, in the early iterations of the show, where we said, hey, if you want to come on and tell your side of the story, Adam Knight, Mike Davidson doesn't need to be in the studio. He doesn't need to be I in the building. I would be, though. But like, it would I, be boring but, if he told his side you, of the story. Yeah, but if that's what's, Here's per- what it would if be. That's what's preventing can I, can I imitate how Adam May would be on the podcast? Did you miss me? Did you miss me? <laughs> I'm here to tell my side of the story. I would be happy to do a long-form interview with him. Mike Davidson has no clue. He's out of touch. <laughs> I did slap the fan when I was the baby face in 2003. And I almost got fired. And I cried like a bitch in the back when Mike yelled at me. But thankfully, <laughs> Andrew and Tom liked me enough to keep me. So I was allowed to stay in PCW. That's how he talks. That's okay. what he would say. Okay. Well, there you go. We don't need the interview. So. That was a pretty good invitation. Exactly. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. It's not bad at good all. Good job, like not throwing more fuel on the fire. Just. Well, you know what's funny? When, uh, you when know I, what? I what? hope he does. No, I got to watch what I say because when I press <laughs> charges on him, they'll say you invited him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If what? he slaps me, he I will press charges. He won't. No. Yes, he will. He no, is he dumb enough. He was dumb enough to slap Sheldon. Well. I don't know. All right. We can move on from Adam. <laughs> I will say we did a we did a little spot in the ring. We did a little spot where we kind of backed up in, into each other and uh, And the fans went wild. I they, got a video of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. From so. a fan. I did not get this from peop the boys. It was a female fan who posted it. Oh really? Great. And I haven't I, seen it. You were tagged in it. 
I she posted a story. I missed it. She sent it to me again. Oh, you have to send it to me because yes. I've never seen yeah, it. Actually, I, I saw that. I saw the tag too. And I love it. I'm so thankful that people who listen. Mm -hmm. See, I used to say, because the boys would say nobody listens. And then I was like, no, there's actually people well, listening. That's not what the ratings tell yeah, us. The ratings tell us one thing, but it's the boys who try not to listen because we say little things that kind of tick them off. But it's actually the fans who are like, hey, these guys make sense. And we're trying to improve the market. Yeah. I've Everything I've ever said about Adam Knight or Primos or even CWE or Tony Candelo Wrestling is all things they could apply to improve their effort. Right. They choose not to listen. They choose not to apply. And they don't want to improve their effort. But they still want to charge the fans $25. That's what I do notice. They, <laughs> it, it's not like they don't want to improve and they, they're willing to drop their price. It's like, this is our price and this is how we do it. And you better like it because we know what we're doing. That's the, every wrestling promoter I round has this mindset in their mind. We know what we're doing. And okay, I, good enough. Hey, listen, and uh, not only did we throw Adam Knight, but I also threw out player one. <laughs> and got a big pop. He was scared of you. He was, it was so funny. You're so, a bully. I, apparently. Yeah. This I'm, is, you're a guy that I don't think has ever, in, ever needlessly imposed your physical will on anybody. No. You've always been reasonable. You're somebody that when there's a, a grievance between you and somebody else, you're the first guy that says, we can talk about it. Yeah. I'm prepared to talk like adults, but everyone thinks, oh, you're going to take a liberty all of a sudden? Like, After 25, 30, 25 years, being a nothing but a professional, a first class person, shake hands, never, ever, even... Even if you don't respect somebody, you still treat them respectfully. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest testaments to your character. You may not like or respect the person, but you still treat them respectfully. And that's what I was to player one. I just said, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be, I'm a professional. It'll be nice and easy. We're yeah. going to talk about Mike Davidson booking office on Tinder over there. I'm not on Tinder. No, not on I'm Tinder. I'm doing a survey for money. <laughs> You're doing a money survey during the podcast. I'm not missing anything in this conversation. I'm very active. It's true. You are extremely active. I can multitask. You are always on those surveys. What are you doing with those Do you things? know how much money I make on surveys? How many? Between how tangerine and surveys, I make enough. Like I, That's a hell of a side hustle. Hmm. Hit me up if you want to make some money on the side. Well, maybe you're the guy who should be paying out the 10 the ten gur for the Jacques <laughs> Rougeau uh, Academy. You're, yeah. the, you're the one that you... Trust me, you can afford a stylist, <laughs> a personal trainer, a dietitian, um, physiotherapist, physiotherapist, Olivia. personal trainer, all of those things. You can afford to peel off 10 large for the winner of the next competition. Maybe it'll be me. Maybe I should put a package in. I think in you there. should put a package yeah. in, in. Definitely. All right. So. Now, so you threw player one out. Yeah, he was gone. And how'd that go? It was fine. I just shook, Fans his, popped. I sh I shook his hand. We He wanted to do a little spot like I was doing with with Knight and I said no no we're already doing that with Knight and then uh yeah we just tossed him out and that was it I how said, how was that ATM's performance oh my gosh I heard it I heard he was I, almost I like he an was on fire I gotta tell you like so we were talking about this before the rumble I have never been in the ring with that guy really, really? ever he broke in in 2000 so yeah. a year after me we have never been in the ring together and he man that guy he is good yeah ATM is awesome he took a spear from, uh, I don't even know who the heck it was, but like cut him in half, flipped flipped over. Like the guy put in a hell of a shift in the rumble. Chi-Chi Cruz broke out a powerbomb. Yes. What was that about? <laughs> so I had this idea for Cheech just to throw like a like a right hand to Norman Harris, who is a awesome guy, by the way. Yep. First time I've ever met him, I think. And um, I was watching the monitor in the back. All of a sudden, Cheech, you know, he, 
he takes a clothesline in the corner. He's getting this guy's getting physical with them. He starts firing back, hits him with a power bomb. I was like, "How do you hit a power?" Well, you obviously yeah. He fired was like up. punch, punch, punch to the corner. The guy fed out, kicked him in the kick. The so the it was a spot. Yeah, a little bit of a yeah, spot. Yeah. It, it, it was well done. Yeah. I I mean, <laughs> then Cheech was at ringside the whole time, which was good because I was like. I was chatting with him. I was like, "Man, can can you tag me in?" He like, "I'm I'm blown up here." I yeah. I came in at thirty. I drew I drew number thirty. So I had a long night. Shoot, draw. Of course, no. <laughs> I had a long night ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. So Cruz, obviously having a legend like that put yeah. his name to the show was a good thing. Yeah, it was great. Okay, what now, else did I? What else did we talk about here? I think I sent you a thing. You here. sent me a run sheet, which is why I'm so disorganized. It has nothing to do with this survey. Oh, and. Uh, I have a hilarious Jay Rockney story I got to uh, talk to you about. Who was the photographer who took the pictures? Oh, um, Mark Watman. Mark Watman. Mark Watman. Watman. So okay. He does all the pictures for CWE. And uh, man, like, so before the show, he had, like, you, you got down there early and it was tough because you had to get all geared up. I tried, you know, I got my new gear on, all this stuff. And he was taking pictures. And I thought, you know what? Here's a guy. I don't know if he's what he's making, if he's making anything, who knows? De- dedicating his time to come down, make the guys look better. So the least you can do is get geared up, pumped up, go take some promo pictures. You should want to be going to yes. take these pictures. But like it was like so then finally like he's asking guys and he's probably just sitting around back there. So I got some great pictures. He showed them to me. I was like, whoa. You're my new best friend. You made me look like a million bucks. Yes, and that's what a photographer can do. So, uh, like, when when I run a company, I've always wanted the guys, hey, it's a mandatory, you have to go see the photographer because I need more artwork that we can use to put you on posters or websites or yeah. marketing collateral. But it's almost like these guys are bored. Like, oh, I got to get my gear on. And like, like, what? So, guys, you just don't show up at a show, yep. roll in there whenever you want to roll in there, wearing your normal clothes, and wrestle a match. That's not how this works. No, and the like, other, you will make more money if you have better professional photography. Yeah. People will take you more seriously. And you know what? I, so I said to him, and I've met him a few times, I said, hey, Mark, I'm Shane Madison. Uh, I don't know if we've met before. I, you know, I, you know, We just started talking. I just said to him, hey, I really appreciate you taking some time to come down here and make us look way better than than we really do. So thank you for that. And, you know, you and I have seen this, Mike, for years and years. We have all these people. Scott Carnegie's another one of them. One of the best. You know, like all these people that have generously donated their time, resources. Professional over the, expertise. Right. And what happens? Inevitably, they get burnt. Mm-hmm. They always get burnt. So the message is guys out there and gals... If you got a photographer, if you have a videographer, Scott was taking some great videos, promotional videos for their 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 screen, where, by the way, I wasn't selected as one of these people for this videography thing. I'm a little bit pissed off. Like, why Why was I not on there? Maybe because you're they're not sure about your long-term commitment, no, Mr. I, I'm going to retire 13 I, times? I think it's <laughs> I think it's because I, I'm only doing kind of the Winnipeg stuff. But, but the moral of the story is, is that, like global global news yeah right media comes down like guys put yourself over put the company over put the product over put show yourself your, over yeah that's what i said yeah and show your appreciation for somebody anybody who's out there trying to make you look better because i know most of the guys need the help oh yeah 
And okay, so so thank you, Mark Watman. You did yes. a great job. And where will we find these pictures? Uh, have they I, been released? yet? I don't think he's put them up yet. He said that he was working on them and he'd have them to us shortly. If Mr. Watman would like to send us a picture of the Mecca Shane Madison, we'll use that as your B she's promo picture, and we will give Mr. Watman yes. full credit. Obviously, yeah, you can follow him on Instagram. You can find him on Instagram. He's got some pictures on there too. What parting words do you have for uh, for um, Chad Daniels? <sighs> You cut a promo on him on YouTube. I thought the creative on that promo was a little off, by the way. Uh, that promo hasn't aired on YouTube. I saw a promo. I sent it to you. Oh, okay. It's not aired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. What are your par- parting words for Chad Daniels? Um, we're not finished. No. There's going to be more to that. Singles match? Tag match? Not sure? Uh, no, I think I got to get... Th- I think I got to get him one on one in the ring. All right, because I so think that's what's going to happen. Will you wrestle again in CWE in the in 2024? Yes. How many I, times? Um, I don't know. I think the next. Well, the next show is February 24th. Yeah. Um, and of course, the whole point of me coming back was to get on the path to win the CWE championship, and now that's been ruined. So now I have to detour, and I have to deal with this Chad Daniels situation. And I'll deal with it, and I'll deal with him. And once I dispose of him, I'll get back on the path towards the CWE championship. So that's still my goal. That's what I want. That's why I'm back. I've never had that title. That's the most important thing to me. That's the most important thing in professional wrestling for me. So um, I'm going to deal with Chad Daniels because, yeah, he, he, um, you know, I mean, I get it. It's a rumble, right? You throw everybody out, but. You know, maybe I took my eyes off of it, and um, I was a little bit pissed off at the time, but um, we're going to have to get this issue taken care of. Okay, ultimately, James Roth Roth wins the uh, Rumble. He will go against Mentolo at the anniversary show? That is what the plan is, I guess. Should be a fantastic match. Going to be a great match. And, And, you know, James Roth, you know, I haven't forgot about him either. Okay, so where is the anniversary show going to be? Right now, my understanding is the anniversary show is still at the Holy Eucharist Church. How was that venue, did you think, now that you've wrestled in it? You'd, you'd been there many a, time, a couple times. Yeah. What was it like to wrestle in that I, I mean, it, it's fine. I mean, it's it's a large venue. They had, uh, every chair was taken. There were people standing. Approximately how many people? I mean, I don't know. You'd have to ask, you'd have to ask a promoter or something like that. I don't know. All I know, it was packed. There was no more chairs to be had. Yeah. So people were standing. It was a great show. Um, I enjoyed myself, and I just, you know, didn't enjoy the outcome so much for me. Okay. Now, let's talk about the show that happened the night before of that. Yes. Tony Candelo's Wrestling. Right. November to Remember. Mm-hmm. Tony was very gracious. He called me and thanked me for talking about the show and putting him, giving him an interview. He was a little upset that you say some not-so-flattering things about the Who, 81-year-old promoter. Yes. Tony was upset at me? Slightly. What, what did I say? <laughs> I don't know. But let's hear what you have to say about Tony's show now. Oh, for real. I, I don't I don't know what I said. Oh, no, I think it was Madison. just I think some of the criticisms that both of us have about Tony's efforts are that okay, first and foremost, Tony does not promote based on what he can do on social media. And 
he runs primitive posters, right? His posters are very primitive. Right. That's not a slight on Tony. Tony's also a guy that personally knows a network of people that will mm-hmm. buy his tickets so that his show is profitable and lucrative, right? Mm-hmm. Tony is running the show for a, a different reason. And 51 years now that he's been promoting, he wants to make sure he continues to promote at least one event a year in Winnipeg. Okay. So what were your notes from the, the last Tony show? Well, again, I wasn't at Tony's show, yeah. but I do have a report. Let's hear and the report. And if he didn't like what I whatever it was I said last time, he's definitely not going to like this one. Yeah, but it's not your observations. It's what you've been no. told. Yeah, for sure. So, um, from what I was told, um, I guess Tony had made it clear that he had three shots. He had to do all three of the shots. Um, so that was the deal. Um, I know stardom pulled out after the Winnipeg one. So there was two up North. I don't know where they were private, private functions, I guess. Yep. Um, you know, so he couldn't, he didn't do that, but somebody on the show who will rent, who will remain nameless, yep. um, who wrestled on the show, said that it was embarrassingly bad, the okay. show. Did he say why he thought it was embarrassingly bad? Yes. He said, uh, I guess, Bobby Shink and Rob Stardom had a match, and that was fine, but the rest of it was basically all massive damages trainees. Okay. So, I mean, when Tony says, like, oh, you know, you're going to get the best professionals and the best professional wrestling, yeah. well, apparently that's not what happened. So it was a bunch of um, trainees um, and basically, I guess, massive because these guys are green. They worked each other. So he didn't want them working other people. So you had green trainees working each other. So on preconceived matches that were developed in a training center. Right. So it's probably, probably not great. So that's what I heard. Okay. And I, I can tell you from my experiences with dealing with massive back in the WFX AWE days, he always would say, let me bring in some of my students so that they can get the experience of traveling 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And it was generally like that. It's guys that aren't developed enough that need a lot of work and should be getting the work in his training center and on his shows, not on Tony Candelo's shows. So I could see how that would be a problem. What other observations? Um, Most of it was having to do with, you know, some of the payoffs, but I won't really get into that on here. No, (laughs) people... I'll tell you this, and we've run into it with me with Kevin Chevy. Yep. There are always wrestlers that will say, oh, I wasn't paid what I was promised, or this or that. I would like to hear that Tony Candelo personally said, A, I will give you $50, or B, mm-hmm. I will give you at least $35. Mm-hmm. But wrestlers were all, will always say, hey, he paid me this last time. Why yep. didn't I get that this time? Right? Yep. Wrestlers need to be... Every time I've heard a wrestler complain that they didn't get paid what their what their rate is... You have to ask, did you establish what you expected to be paid on this particular night? No, Mm -hmm. but it's my rate. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a bit of a problem because you need to establish, hey, I'm only coming. You know I need to make this much money. Yeah, unless you're someone like me who doesn't have a rate. Yeah, exactly. That should be a, well, yeah, what's the difference between, for a guy like you, what's the difference between 60 and 80? $20 doesn't make or break your day. Well, I also expect that the promoter knows what I bring to the table and I expect to be compensated for that. And by the way, I was paid I was paid the most I've ever been paid. Really? At this show. That's good. Rightfully so. Yes. Because of what I, you know, brought to the show. You're welcome for the house. Obviously like the said. promoter was happy that night with the with the gates because when when wrestlers are surprised in a good way about their pay, mm-hmm. it means the promoter was obviously pretty happy yeah. with the gate. Finally opened the envelope. Yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> um the only thing I'll say is when you hear a wrestler say, I, I got shorted on money. 
There's always a little bit, there's two sides sure. to that story in every single time. Hey, uh, Corey Diamond pulled out of doing the match with this past Thursday. Yeah. What, so, get, so he pulled out of CWE. Then it right. seemed like he was definitely committed to Primos. Then he decided, hey, I'm not qualified to do either show. Maybe he heard our podcast. That would be great. Maybe he heard B She's Wrestling and us talking about how, how, like, how can you be, you know, I'm not professional enough for this show, but I'm more professional for this show. Like it's, are you professional? Yes or no. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not prepared, if you're not, you know, qualified or adequate, or you're not presentable, then you can't be on any show. So maybe he took his own, took our advice. So then Mark Merrick comes out and does a promo on yep. TikTok, and to make an open challenge, I should have I should have went down. I'm going to say That's something. What I'm saying. <laughs> I'm gonna we can say, go right after this. I'm going to say something about Mark Merrick. The promo actually wasn't the worst I've ever seen. I thought he had, he had good fire and he he articulated his message. But could he look anything more like a Bret Hart super fan, the way he dressed for that promo? Or why, But he also jobbed out Corey Diamond, basically saying, oh, no one wants to see him. Well, you're telling me Corey Diamond is never going to wrestle on a primo show again? Well, he might. Come on. Sometimes will. guys don't understand in a promo how you can't be dismissive to the guy you're talking about. Yeah. Because it's one thing if you're the, if you're the champion and you're saying about the number one contender, he he's not he's not caliber to be number one contender. I'm going to beat him easily. Meanwhile, you clearly show you're trying to avoid that match at all costs. Yeah. And then if you lose, what does that make you? Well, guys, when telling get that. understand something that the whole point of promo, <clears throat> the word promo, is because it's supposed to be promotion. Yes. Promotion on the match. Promotion on the event. What's promotion that? on yourself. So when you cut a promo, it's supposed to promote everything that, that you're involved with. So you should always, and I, and I touched on this last week, your goal is what am I trying to sell in this promo? It's like when you take a move in a match, you have to sell that move or the other guy looks stupid and you look stupid. Yeah. So when you cut the promo, you know, okay, I want people to buy tickets to this show and I want people to like our match. I want people to hate me as a heel and like you as a babyface. I want people like me as a babyface, hate you as a heel. My job in cutting the promo is to get people to care mm -hmm. and identify the roles. You talk about uh, selling and my, uh, I talked to my good friend, Jason, today, who is uh, it's his birthday today, and I called him, wish him happy birthday, and then he said he brought his daughter to the CWE show, and she had never seen me wrestle before, and then she thought, she's like, oh, I, I think he's really hurt. <laughs> that's because you knew how to sell. Exactly. Yes. So that's what it's all about. They went to both. I, I saw them when I was with you at yes. WPW, and they went to CWE. Did yes. they have any comparative notes? Um, no, I didn't really ask about that. Ask that. I know they're both going back to the WPW show on December 1st because yeah. they both had a really good time at that show. Now, have they gone to many WPW shows? I think that he had no. said that they go. To the last one was the first one at the Burt. Okay. So I think they're going to this one at the West End Cultural Center. And, uh, yeah, I would say go get your tickets, but they're sold out. So if you can't, yeah. you, you, you can't go if you don't got them. And here's the good news anyway. CWE sold out at Rumble to Remember by, for all intents and purposes. And... WPW is still on their sellout streak, although they yep. could have got more people into the rumble at the Burt, but um, it's a great time in Winnipeg wrestling and Absolutely. Primo should be selling out because their venue is small. It's like I told Clay Young on global sports, the jets are playing, the bombers are playing Shane Madison's back a great day for Winnipeg sports. There you go. Uh, where are we at for time? 30 minutes. You know exactly what we're doing next, right? We're going to a break. 
This episode of Bee She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bee's She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bee's She's. That code is B E E Z S H E E Z. One word to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. You said it would be tampering if Will Ospreay signed a contract before mm-hmm. January 1st. It would be. And, well, then how the heck did he debut all of a sudden It's a great question. in AEW? Well, look at it this way. Like, when Christian Cage in 2005 went to TNA, was he at SummerSlam talking about how he's going to TNA in a couple months? You can't do that. You might have a backdoor agreement. Hey, when my contract's up, I'll be coming here type thing. But you can't have anything signed. So Usually you use a third party for that. Right. So that actually surprised me. I th- I was surprised that Will Ospreay, and like we said, Will Ospreay is not going to WWE. He's going to be stupid and go to AEW. But more stupid is your friend Tony Khan. Not my friend. <laughs> because <laughs> here's what happened. So Tony uh, Will Ospreay is currently under contract in New Japan Pro Wrestling until February, I believe. J- end of January or February. So New Japan loans Will Ospreay to AEW, Right. So now what's going to happen is Will Ospreay still wants to work New Japan. So now there is still that agreement. But now the mark, Tony Khan, is going to hire Will Ospreay at $3 million a year. And lend And loan him to New Japan for the same amount of shows. So now New Japan doesn't have to pay So New Japan gave him an exclusive bargaining window. Go do your deal with All Elite. All Elite then is going to lend him. Because it's so he's still going to be working the same shows. Yeah. But now New Japan just gets doesn't out. Doesn't have of, to pay him. Doesn't have to pay him a $3 million contract. Yeah. So who's the mark? Yeah. Absolutely freaking insane. Is that hilarious? But though? you know what is going to get exposed? And this sounds like a broken record. They get the, they get the, um, they get the hot free agent and they needed to get the hot free agent. And now they get him. They're going to debut him as hot as they can possibly get him at, at the first glance. And it all goes downhill. Let me ask you this. Somebody else, somebody well-placed in the business said this to me. Name the last four top free agents that AEW signed. Edge. Okay. Uh, Adam Cole. No, that's a while ago. Oh, that was two years ago. Oh, fuck. I'm having trouble with this. I'm thinking too. I don't know. Edge is the only one I can Here's think. the moral of the story. Punk. There sh- there Punk sh- wouldn't have been in the top four. There should be... Oh my gosh, do you remember AEW signed Adam Copeland? There isn't that. Yeah. yeah. So I remember like, when they debuted Punk they, and Cole a week apart. Well, Punk was at the last dance in August of 21. And then, and then Cole, Cole shows was up. September. Yeah, like within a week. Yeah. And, and Cole and Danielson, was, same night. Yeah, yeah. like they, the problem with Tony is I'm going to get this guy, he's going to debut and it's going to make our product hotter. It's not, I'm going to get this guy. Like imagine if, 
And everyone thought that it was going to be like this in 1996. Hall and Nash jumped from WCW to or WWE, WWF at the time to WCW. Yep. And imagine if Bischoff just said, hey, we're getting Big Daddy Cool and Razor Ramon, and we're going to book them exactly the same way they are in WWF as one's going to be a single and one, or they're both going to be singles. One's going to be a baby face. One's going to be a heel. And we're going to build them up and put over Hogan, right? It would have been bad creative. Mm-hmm. It would not have worked. But he realized, hey, if I put these guys together and I sprinkle on, like, that's what I always said that he should have done with Punk and Danielson when he got them at the same time, is have them debut together and talk about how them coming is the single biggest force ever put together in wrestling. And they're coming because they're ready Mm -hmm. to take over AEW and give them that run, set them up against the vice presidents and let them beat the vice presidents. But look at this. So we've talked about this for weeks on this show where we talked about how, Tony, you just got to stop. Stop and figure out where you want to go and work backwards. Now, Tony Khan has that chance. Oh, yeah. If there's any way he can get out of this debacle of a booking that he's... How does he get Osprey over as the world champion, and where does he go to get him You got it. Just Osprey is your guy. Run with that and just slow everything down around Osprey. Get that hot. And we'll see what happens the, around the it. The fans badly wanted to see Osprey, the AEW faithful that still remain, badly wanted to see Osprey there more than the WWE faithful needed to see Osprey in WWE. You know what's funny? Jeffrey Scott, who works, just inducted into the Border City Wrestling Hall of Fame, was at an autograph signing for Will Osprey prior to Bound for Glory. He said that guy, that guy was so over, had a lineup like you wouldn't believe. He his shoulders were sore for four days after from holding up an iPad to take pictures. The selfies. For the fans. Yeah. His shoulders, he couldn't lift his shoulders for four days. Wow. Because Will Ospreay took that many pictures. He was They couldn't believe how over he was. Respect to him, too, for and doing that. And so now you get him. You've got him. Yep. You've got the exclusive rights to him. Yep. So what do you have to do right now is identify four money matches I always say you get one guy over and Mm -hmm. everyone gets over for it. So what you're thinking of, okay, MJF is our lame duck champion because we've booked him so badly. He ended the last pay-per-view crying to Adam Cole, don't let them strip the title from me. Oh my God. You can, a baby face champion cannot be crying. Don't let them do this. A heel champion can't do it. It killed Bob Backlund in year four of his WWF title reign. He cried on TV and Hulk Hogan was the champion less than three months later or whatever it was, six months. So now you know MJF, there's no gas in the tank. You're going to have to rehabilitate him to get him over again. Who apparently quietly re-signed with the company. That's, that's the what, rumor. That's what I'm told, yeah. So here's, here's what you do with Osprey. You get him to the first pay-per-view. Don't put him against Omega. The fans want to see it. You don't give it to them right away. Don't put him with, put him with Ricky Starks. Put him with somebody who's a tier below Omega or should be a tier below Omega who can keep up with Osprey and let Osprey have a very decisive first victory. But in the process of that first victory, whoever that tier is below Omega, he's got to bring him up four levels so that they're saying, oh, this guy's ready yeah. to run. Elevator. But Osprey is the top dog. Then you go to the next layer next pay-per-view and what Osprey has to do there is he has to talk about how he came to AEW the best wrestler in the world and the belt is the end goal but it isn't the first goal and he can talk about how he is the best in the world and anybody that wants to go 
come face to face and say that they can run with him. He will meet them in the ring at the pay-per-view. And whether that's Omega or whether that's Adam Cole or whether that's Brian Danielson, you have many options who can have a five-star match with them and you have that match and Osprey proves what he's trying to say, that he's the best in the world. You're reinforcing what he's saying by saying he's the best in the world by giving him a match against somebody of that, of that magnitude and putting him over cleanly, but a five-star match. So people say, I want Osprey on top of this company tomorrow. Then don't do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you this, the longer you make them want it, the more they want it. Except if your name is Cody, <laughs> don't use his name in vain. Yes. Uh, all right. So he loves Cody. Don't that's love how Will Osprey becomes your top draw, and that's how Will Osprey makes everybody in the company hot. If you do it this way, meanwhile Osprey isn't working the main event. You still have your heavyweight champion, hopefully in angles that people with Samoa Joe at World's then, End. The third match should be Will Ospreay pinning Edge, a legend, somebody who should be wanting to stop Ospreay's momentum, and uh, and he gives him the spear, but Ospreay kicks out on two. Ospreay gets the clean victory, and now you've got him three decisive victories against big money players, or two big money players and one guy underneath. Then you can either go him and Omega, or you can get the strap on Omega from MJF, and Omega could drop the strap to Ospreay, but you build that up over four pay-per-views before he even sniffs the world title. Do you think that's going to happen though? Nope. No. He's going to put him right in an angle with MJF and people, it'll, it's like blowing, bleezing the lees way too early. Well, hold on. MJF's wrestling Samoa Joe at the next pay-per-view. Who Just beat Jay White. cares? But they're back to that. I think Adam Cole, I think Adam Cole came up with a walking boot this week. Yeah. I think, I think they want you to think that he's more hurt than he is. I don't think, I think something's going to happen with Adam Cole. I think that payoff might be at the next So pay-per-view. if that foot is healed, this would be the Tony Khan's idea of a slow burn, that he's actually <laughs> yeah. ready to wrestle, but we're pretending he's yeah. still hurt. Yeah, I think you'll see something at World. How end. great would it be, and it would be hard, because I've had a walking boot and they're clunky and clumsy. You know how Bob Orton had the, the cast? Mm-hmm. Imagine a guy saying, I still have a broken foot. I need to wear this walking boot as my, I need to wear the walking boot and then uses it to punt the guy as a finisher. Kind of like the hammer jammer. Yes. Greg Greg the hammer Valentine. Exactly. Exactly. So that's where I would say AEW wins with Will Ospreay Mm -hmm. if they were smart. Now, hey, I'm, what's that thing that they all say? Mike Davidson is 12 years out of touch, 13 years out of touch now because it was 13 years ago I did something of note. I just told you how to book Will Ospreay and generate money after money after money and momentum. And you make him the TV star that, because he can cut a promo, you make him the TV star that they want to see every Wednesday night talk and wrestle in tag matches on TV, uh, matches that don't affect creative tag match where he's tied into wherever he's going and they, and they do things to elevate the angle, but don't put him in the money matches on TV. That's what I would say about that. All right. Hold up before we take off from there. What, how do you rehabilitate, rehabilitate MGF in your scenario? Let's imagine that scenario comes to pass. How do you rehabilitate MGF? Get him hot again, because. Well, you're asking a lot. What I would do with MJF is I would turn him heel. I would turn him very, very heel. And go back to what worked when he made the pro- cut the promo on Bret Hart to introduce himself. Yeah, I would make him have no redeeming qualities. I would have him rip on the fans. I would have him talk about how Adam Cole's a bitch who nursed the. I would make Cole the babyface and MJF the heel. And I would, I would, I would have him if he keeps the title as a heel. That works. But he's got to turn heel. He's got to be swarmy. He's got to. He's got to do things. 
See, people say, oh, you can't turn a guy heel like that. Sure you can. Ric Flair did it his whole career. He'd turn babyface for an angle, come back as a heel. He did it after, after uh, he did the angle with Steamboat, then he, then he turned babyface to work Terry Funk. He turned heel again you, after Sting. You can always turn a guy like MJF heel and he'll draw. Ric Flair drew way more money as a heel. And people say that's 35 years ago. I get it. But you can always get a guy to draw a little bit as a heel. I don't like MJF as a baby face. He's too vulnerable. He's too much of a wimp. He's it just, was a terrible decision terrible. to cast him that way. And maybe that's why he resigned quietly, if that's true. Because, like you said, WWE doesn't need any of these guys. Well, TKO doesn't plan to get no, into the bidding. Why would they? No. They don't T- need anybody. TK- That's why CM Punk's yeah. sitting at home. TKO is in a position where they're going to say, we have a contract yep. for you. You will make a lot of money. You will go to Saudi Arabia and get the big payoff. But you are not going, we yep. are not going to say you are a $5 million player. You might make $5 million with merchandising, as LA Knight is doing. But you are not going to get guaranteed $5 million yep. on paper. And that in itself is smart. Do you want to talk about CW and how it sure. appears? And NWA definitely has a deal with, it, with CW. Eight episodes uploaded to their app. Is that all that we're going to see, or is it a trial? Is it? It's from. It's, I think it's from episodes from September and October, and they've uploaded eight episodes. But I heard from a very well placed source that Billy Corgan is full of she's, and they never had any sort of television deal with the CW. So it was always going to be. What I it don't is. think he said that they had. You know what I think he said? Careful wording. A, t- a top 20 network, as I think is yeah, what he said. Yeah, we have a broadcast agreement, yeah. I think he said. Yeah. There's you, no TV. You're, you're right, Mike. I, I, can, I can't quite remember. I the, remember but, the wording was ambiguous enough that yeah. he can now come back and say, I never said we signed a TV deal. But to be honest, in this era, I'll tell you, I consume a lot from streaming, and I consume extreme little amount on cable TV. So I will tell you this. You know what streaming? I, I watch Pluto. It's free. Yeah. How would you lazy car that? Please. 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 So I watch I watch Pluto a lot on my phone because it's free. Yeah. It doesn't eat up a lot of data. And I watch Cheers a lot. Okay. okay. So classic television. Norm. Yeah. But if I had CW app yeah. and it's probably free in the US, it's probably not a paid service. And I'm a wrestling fan. I will sample the NWA. Yeah. This for them is... Not better than YouTube. See, everyone like the whole slight on YouTube is, well, you don't you don't get paid from YouTube, right? And that's a problem. But in reality, is everybody can get YouTube on their phone or their computer. If you if you know the product is out there and you want to see the product, if you have YouTube, you can do that. You can't always do that on TV. So I always think when people say, "Oh, YouTube sucks for us." Well, no, it's because you can't monetize YouTube. That's the problem. Now, I'd be interested to know how NWA is monetizing the CW deal. That hasn't come out at all. Do you think it's a, a factor of perhaps CW running commercials like standard television, perhaps in the middle of the NWA programming? Or? Yeah, I have a feeling that it's probably a revenue share. And what the revenue share is, I don't know. I have I have no idea. This is good. I will check it out. But you know what? If you have the CW app, if I can, well, because you I can, can still it. see the same content on YouTube. Yeah, if I can get get it, but they don't they don't put the uh, power episodes on YouTube anymore. Oh, okay, but they, I guarantee, I guarantee you, if NXT was going to CW, right? Is that what as a main broadcast? Right. I guarantee you, when it, there's there's gonna be no wrestling on. Just ask ML MLW. Yeah. There's going to be no NWA on that app. Well, so you know, though, MLW is proceeding with legal action against WWE for monopolizing. So they may have to let NWA have their deal with CW so that they can kill the perception that they're trying to kill the little guy. Mm -hmm. 
I, that's what I think. Yeah, and plus, TKO is different than Vince. I think TKO looks at it and says, we can be on any network with any other provider because we are the best in the game. And if anybody wants to watch the little guy, they can because we're still going to be the best in the game. Mm. Well, I think Corgan was on record a while ago, and you, you guys might have seen this, where he said, we kind of ha- we have kind of a good relationship with WWE. He kind of alluded to I think that. him and H do have a good... I think H actually has a good uh, relationship with everyone except maybe Tony Khan. Yeah. I think he's got a good relationship with uh, MLW, and I wouldn't be surprised to hear that there's a slight relationship with Impact. I, I think the, the days of Vince doing everything he could to hurt anybody who tried to compete are long gone. I think that that was a predatory practice that didn't... It helped the business in some ways, but it hurt the business in more ways than anything else. Uh, and that's my take on it. All right. Maybe we should go do some co-keys. <laughs> that's the thing that NWA is going to have to live down this year. That was the worst thing they ever did. Yeah. I'm ready for the mailbag. Welcome. You've got mail. We do indeed have mail. Two questions in the mailbag this week. And uh, actually, one of these questions, we're going to poach from good friend of the show. Poachy Reddick. Yeah, we're po- Poachy Reddick. We're po- People poaching used from to, Wable Speaking Star. of poaching... You know how much of an irritant it used to be amongst local wrestlers? Back in the early onset of social media, Facebook, and even MySpace, you a lot of guys used that to try to interact with women, and it's now considered creepy. But at the early onset of social <laughs> onset of social media, it was very common. You would have social terrorism. You would have a ton of local <laughs> women that you that you interact with and right? it's called poaching well no that's not poaching okay, okay. but what, what would happen is the next <laughs> local wrestler would look at your list and be like oh good looking girl add good looking girl yeah. add. oh yeah, yeah and yeah. that was called poaching we know some people that. Who yeah, like that it was very common it was or if a guy showed up at a show with a very attractive female then all the guys would think, well, if she'll date him, she'll date me. And they'd all go in and try to poach. Yeah. It was absolutely, it was hunting out a season. That's okay. what the definition of poaching is. That's what it was. But anyway, you poached Wavell's question. Let's go. I did from the Wavell Star podcast. Um, their question was, when you show up at the show, do you shake hands? Right. Good question. Yeah. It's gone, you know, everybody sh- should shake hands in my opinion. But what do you guys think? I, you know, for me, I... I won't go out of my way and make sure I find every single guy and shake every single guy's hand, but I'll kind of do like a general kind of walk you around, shake everybody's hand. And then, you know, as other guys come in and you'll say, Hey, what's up type thing. I mean, I think it's common courtesy, especially if there's people that, you know, you might not know or, you know, recognize like, here's a good one. Uh, you remember cash from Regina? Yeah. Yep. I haven't seen cash in 20 years. Yeah. Didn't recognize. I went up to him, gave him a big hug, and you know, and you know, he says to me, he goes, "Man, how old are you?" I go, "46." He goes, "I go, how old are you?" He goes, "I'm 42." He's like, "You look like that. You're 46." He's like, "What are you taking, man? You got to be on something." I go, "No, man, I'm not taking nothing. I'm au natural." Yeah, because he he put you over. You got to share the story. I was sure. I was like, "Hey, yeah." (laughs) That's better than a handshake when a guy puts you over like that. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, some guys get a hug. Bobby, Bobby Sharp got a hug. Yeah. Um, But yeah, anyone get a slap on the ass? A couple guys get get a little bit of a little bit of a push, a little bit of a a squeeze, a a tickle, a little bit of a squeeze. Some of them. Okay, there you go. Bobby Collins got a squeeze. Yeah. Okay, good. Sure. Here's He's what, very squeezable. Here's what I'll say. It's considered, an, uh, now it's not the way it was, but it was always about respect in the locker room. 
that you go and you interact. And you, there used to be a work shake that would say, hey, I've been around the business. We should talk about that too. Yeah, the work was shake was, yeah. uh, the work shake was you'd go in and it, like working a headlock. Right. You don't go in there and cinch up on a headlock to hurt the other right. guy. The work shake was you look like you're shaking hands, yeah. but you let up a little bit and yeah. it's, and it's a work. Yeah. If you, if you shake stiff, you work stiff. Yeah. Be- before it got bastardized and turned into a joke. Well, yeah. it got to the point where guys were just putting <laughs> two yeah. fingers, to, fingers oh, yeah. together and it was like yeah. barely touching and that was the work shake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, what I will say about shaking hands in the locker room, if you're a good professional, you should be happy to see a lot of the guys in the locker room, right? It's, yep. it's, a, it's not, but it's different in WWE where you work together every night. You don't have, like Ultimate Warrior used to go around and say, I saw you yesterday. I don't need to shake your hand. He wasn't wrong, right? right? If you're traveling together, you, you, didn't need to say you, it, you don't need to <laughs> shake hands every day. But when you see somebody you haven't seen in a while, by it, it should be natural that you want to go shake hands and Absolutely. say, how the heck are you? If it's somebody you've never met, hey, my name is Mike. It's nice to meet you. Where are you from? Whatever. But also for me, like I made sure I go out of my way. Easy Rider. Brian Jewell was there. Yeah. The vets. Um, yeah. All those guys, all those kind of guys. I always, 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 because I'm old school. I just go out of my way to make sure I say hello. And, and I talked to Brian for yeah. a little while, which was nice. So, And it's to yeah. show that you respect who they are and what yeah. they've done in the business. Yeah. I think um, the going around and prating through the room and, and a lot of guys have always talked about how like Dusty would be, Jim Cornette said this once, Dusty Rhodes and Jim Crockett would be talking over a finish. Some, some new guy just has to go in there and inter, inter like that, yeah. just stare at them yeah. awkwardly till they put their hand in yeah. the middle of the conversation. You don't know the time and the place shouldn't do it. Yeah. But I think it's it's something that people should do. They should do it in every walk of life. When I'm in, and I'm in a business situation, I'm meeting somebody for the first time, and I'm going to be conducting business with them. I shake their hand, say thank you for coming, or yep. whatever it is. Yeah, it's common. I think it's it has a place. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of the fist bump in the case of a, like a big rumble, like you guys had. I'm not shaking fifty hands. No, but I'll walk around the dressing room. Hey, I'll say their name. Hey, put out the fist fist bump. You know what? The last thing I do, I'm going to tell you a funny story. The last thing I do after I, when I say bye to everybody and I go around to like the ring crew guys, I shake everybody's hand. The last thing I do before I leave a venue, I go to the bathroom and I wash my hands. Yes. Of <laughs> and course. then I put on gloves. So then if I need to walk and run into somebody again, I will shake their hand with a glove on. Yeah. So in case anyone sees me walking out of the venue with gloves on, that's why. If he's, he's got just himself. one glove on, it's another story. <laughs> hee hee. Next question. All right. Next question in the mailbag coming from Lionel. Please. Not to be confused with linoleum. I know Lionel. What can a promoter with an inexperienced roster do to gain credibility? Good question. We have a few of those promoters in, the, in this town. Inexperienced roster. I've been there as a booker. I was a booker at TRCW when we had a largely inexperienced roster. River City before that. Yeah. What you need to do at that point is you need to draw on passion of the guys. If they're inexperienced, it means they want to be there because they're loving being in the business. What you need to do is you need to channel all of that passion, make them believe they're better than they are, and get them focused and improving all of the time. You're going to need a veteran to get credibility. You're going to need a guy who's been around 5, 10, 15 years who can work with these guys and bring them up a notch. Get the guys constantly training if they're all rookies so that they can get better together and you can start to you can you can grow like that. It's like in the in pro sports it's called developing through the draft. It can be done. But then as a promoter, you have to be very very committed to to always coming across professional 
and always the perception has to be that you have momentum if you've got a young roster. You might not always put out a great show, but you have momentum. People are coming to the show. If it's a bunch of rookies, they generally have a whole bunch of people who've never seen them wrestle, who are going to want to see them wrestle, who aren't burnt on what they're doing. So you can you can uh, use that to draw a crowd. and The crowd can make it seem like even though you've got a green roster, people are are paying attention. So I would say you can get by with a green roster as long as you're a good leader and you can get them motivated and get them passionate. I will echo those sentiments. However, I will also add inexperienced does not mean untrained. So if you're going to use inexperienced guys, that's fine as long as they're not untrained because untrained guys are inexperienced guys. So if you're looking to gain credibility, it's you're only as credible as the weakest guy on the show. So use green guys, fine, but make sure they're properly trained. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. I was speaking with a local promoter about this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. about how some of the guys around that are the shits, we'll just say it, but they've been around forever, carry themselves like they're veterans, and they act like they're an antique. Not everything that's 20 years old is an antique. Sometimes it's just old shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you've also done nothing in 20 years and you're still, you've been, you're still the shit. You're 20 years of being the shits. Yeah. It doesn't really do anything. The last thing I'll say, if you have guys that have no experience, make sure they have gear because if they can at least look professional, that will go a long way. There we have it. Two questions in the mailbag this week. Now what's up? I want to hear the event center. This is your Bishi's Wrestling Event Center. We start in British Columbia. Friday, December 1st, 365 Pro Wrestling is in Campbell River. Friday, December 1st, Big West Wrestling is in Texada Island. Friday, December 1st, Thrash Wrestling comes to Vernon. Saturday, December 2nd, All-Star Wrestling is in Abbotsford. Saturday, December 2nd, Thrash Wrestling comes to Kelowna. And Saturday, December 2nd, Big West Wrestling comes to Powell River. We shift to Alberta Friday, December 1st. Monster Pro Wrestling is in Edmonton. And Saturday, December 2nd, Pure Power Wrestling is in Lethbridge. Over in Saskatchewan, Friday, December 1st, Ringside Wrestling is in Regina. And Saturday, December 2nd, Prairie Pro Wrestling comes to Saskatoon. And finally, in Manitoba, Friday, December the 1st, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling is in Winnipeg. And that has been your Bishi's Wrestling Event Center. How many events was that? 11 big events. There you go. Thank you for your work on that. I am going to throw you a curveball now. Curveball. I heard a rumor, and you probably know the truth, Mm -hmm. that Ultimo Dragon refused to work a singles match against Mentolo, and it required them to move. Talk about burying the lead. It required (laughs) them to move it to a tag match between Sanchez and Chevy against uh, Dragon and Mentolo. He was... uh... I'll be nice about it. He was being a little bit of a pain in the ass. The Ultimo, the Ultimo Keys. Yeah, the Ultimo Keys. Yeah. Being a little bit of a pain in the ass. Didn't want to put in a lot of time. Um, I said, I offered, you know, maybe we'd make an angle out of it to do a little schmoz at the beginning to make a tag. Ultimately, I think that match would be really good anyways with oh, the yeah. big sexy beast against Mentolo and Ultimo Dragon. Um, yeah, but apparently uh, I checked in with um, the guys as CWE continues to be on tour and he has lightened up over um, the course of the tour. So maybe he was just a little bit wound up when he first got here. But yeah, it was a little bit difficult. And uh, yeah, sounds like it's all worked out. As I'm, up. as I'm to understand it, he's 52 years old. 
and uh, maybe has a little wear and tear on those tires. Uh, but I wanted to know that story. I was actually going to lead off with it at the beginning of the show, but yep. because I didn't know what the story was, mm-hmm. I didn't want, I usually like to know what the story is before I lead with it. So that, and it's always more fun to talk about Adam Knight, by the way, please <laughs> feel free to, no, I can't say feel free to slap me because he can use that as a defense if he does. Would Adam Knight against Ultimo Dragon be a good match? Uh, it might be actually. If Adam Knight bumped and sold and Ultimo was close to his prime, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Knight isn't as good as people think, and that's no offense to him. He has an opinion of himself that he's made it and back and and could have been the heavyweight champion of Memphis, Puerto Rico, and WWF. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't concur with his opinion of himself, and he doesn't concur of my opinion of myself. And two people can have different opinions. I don't need to slap him over it. Apparently, he says he needs to slap me, and that's the problem with Adam Knight. Sometimes you need a little bit of a slap. I don't mind. I would I would slap you around myself a little. No, you won't. <laughs> and for that, we are done with B She's Wrestling, episode 83.